This is Phoenix FM. From Phoenix FM, Oliver Buck, Mike Brown, and Darren Burroughs bring you the Orient Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, all of you listening, welcome to another edition of the Orient Hour here at Phoenix FM. And we enter a new era of the Orient Hour tonight with your brand new trio of hosts. Me, Oliver Buck. Darren Burrows. And me, Mike Brown. And we're joined by a top panel of guests tonight as we look over yesterday's 1-0 win over Blythe Spartans in the third round of the FA Trophy. Joining me tonight, well, they break the face for radio trend that's going on in the studio. We have the super sibling duo, our supporter liaison officer Karen Harrison and her sister Linda Brogan, as well as the supporters club deputy chairman Steve Jenkins. Yes, if you have uh, any questions for tonight's panel, then you can get in touch for all the standard social media platforms. Head over to the Facebook or Twitter at the Orient Hour and send us your views, thoughts and questions. Or you can email us the studio directly at radio at phoenixfm.com. So, Leighton Orient managed to pull off a 1-0 victory over Blythe, Blythe Spartans at the Brea Group Stadium to send them into the fourth round of the FA Trophy, thanks to a late Jamie Turley header. It was the O's who got the game underway at a freezing cold Brea Group Stadium, and it was a big day for Blythe as they travelled in the hundreds to E10 looking to cause an upset, and they did start brightly. The Spartans, who would prove to be a very tricky side to break down in this FA Trophy fixture, were the first to look like scoring, after Daniel Maguire's shot was deflected past the goal in the opening 10 minutes. But the O's managed to withstand the energetic pressing from Blythe on their big day out, and as the first half grew on, the O's certainly hit their stride and started to grow into the game. And it was Orient who had the better of the chances as we approached the halfway point of the first half. And on the 20th minute, Maguire Drew's corner found its way to Alex Lawless at the back post, where the midfielder took a touch before firing at Jameson, who blocked well. From this point on, the O's looked like the side on top, and Brophy Gorman and Jordan Maguire-Drew looked lively as we pushed for that opening goal. Possibly the best chance of the first half fell perfectly for Alabi, as Maguire-Drew put in an absolute peach of a ball from a set-piece on the left-hand side, but somehow Alabi couldn't direct his headed effort on target. Blythe got the game back underway and Jordan Maguire-Drew continued to cause trouble in the second half with some excellent deliveries towards Jameson in goal for the Spartans and Shadrach Ogie came on to make his full professional debut after finally receiving international clearance. He took the place of Jaden Sweeney who had impressed the Orient fans with his first half performance. Jordan Maguire-Drew again created another decent chance after his corner kick evaded everyone in the penalty area and Hap just couldn't get it on target at the back stick. Orient's dangerous delivery in the box, coupled with the aerial dominance from the boys in red, proved pivotal in the 84th minute, when Jamie Turley managed to get his head on the end of a Dale Gorman free kick from the left flank to mark his first Orient goal. However, it wasn't as plain sailing for the next six minutes, as Blythe didn't give up, and they did push for an equaliser to try and send the replay uh, in the northeast. but Dean Brill popped up with an excellent save before Jamie Turley blocked the shot from the rebound, and all 1,560 Orient fans and everyone in the dugout breathed a sigh of relief and not having a long Tuesday night trip on the cards. Here's what the first team development coach Danny Webb had to say to Dave Victor after the game. 
Danny, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. It's a good result. Yes, good result. I think uh, it wasn't a fantastic game or an amazing performance, but Anna just made the point in there. It's a cup competition and I think we're only sort of two games from Wembley now. So uh, you'd rather that every week winning and not playing particularly well. So uh, we'll take the result. Jamie Telly's made a real impact, hasn't he? Yes, very much so. I think uh, I played with him years ago and he's he surprised me really how sort of vocal he is now. He's like a, a real man, which he is. He's a lot older than he was then. Uh, leads, you know, leads from example. Nil-nil uh, when you sort of want those experienced players to come and try and get something out of the game for you. They pop up and dominate the box and, and get the winning goal. So he's done ever so well. I suppose an opportunity for some of the fringe players to impress, did they? Uh, I think, I think what, what's hard is that if you don't play every week, sometimes it's hard to suddenly go on and, and sort of and turn it on, so to speak. I think all you can ask of those fringe players is when they do get a chance, is they just give it their best. Uh, and I thought they did today. I thought they did give it their best. Was the performance absolutely spotless? No, but then you could go about every week. It's never spotless. And they got a result against a team, let's not forget, are only a, a league below us. You know, it's sad. A few years ago, that wouldn't have been thought the case, but it isn't. And uh, they're going for promotion and they're looking to get in the same league as next year if we don't go up. So it was a tough game. Uh, and I think those fringe players coming they certainly gave it their all. And I suppose with an injury to Josh Cromer, it was important that either James Alabi or Matt Howell impressed today. Yes, I think, as I say, it's hard. <laughs> all the best intentions, not everyone's going to go out there and have a, a 10 out of 10 performance, but I thought they both they both gave it a right go. I thought Rell Connor looked ever so sharp. And, as, you know, you, you want to look to, to get players ready to fill in, but you also want to progress. You know, it, 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 much as big changes, a lot of players played in that London Cup game the other night. It's not a reserve game, it's not a friendly. And uh, we believe those players can go out and win us the game, which they did. And talking about Josh Caroma, it was a real statement of intent that the club turned down a bit, we understand, of in excess of £300,000 from Sunderland for the young striker. Yeah, I think uh, the position we're in, you want to sort of keep hold of your best players. Uh, to be fair to Josh, even when those sort of rumours start false or, or sort of true throughout the season, he's kept his head. Same with the other younger players who people obviously talk about on social media or whatever. And, and as coaches, that's all you look for for them, those players, not to get big time or get carried away and, and stay grounded. And they've certainly done that. So it's a compliment to them and to the club that uh, that, that interest is there. But also we, we're looking to get out of this league. Was there a bid for another player? Uh, not that I know of, no. But as I say, it just shows you how sort of ambitious the club are. Still looking to sign somebody. We know that Jay Simpson is still training. Any news there? No, he's trained us for a few weeks now. Looks sharp, done it right. Obviously, those conversations are between between Martin Ling and Jay himself. But he's, he's carried himself well. I know that he's, he's very popular here as, as a player. Uh, but I think you've got to look at the lads we've got here already at, at this time. And uh, it was nice of them to get some minutes today. And, and certainly, you know, put food for thought for the manager's head. And progress in the trophy means that there's only two league games in February for the O's and that's got to be good when you look at other players that are just weeks away from returning. Yeah, definitely. And I think also if you look at a lot of teams, Barnet drew today, I think they've got God knows how many games in hand they've got. So we're ticking along nicely. I'm sure there'll be a period where a few games are called off, but at the minute we're sort of on, on sort of cue for getting the games when they should be there. Might, you know, The trophy run might obviously bring a few Tuesday nights now. Uh, but if you said to the fans, if in an ideal world we get promotion and everyone, everyone's fit and they get a day out in the trophy at Wembley as well, that would be fantastic.
the evidence of today's game, there's real competition for that right back berth because uh, Miles Judd had a decent game, didn't he? Yeah, no, he, he done all right. I think obviously Sam's been doing well, and uh, I know Jamie Turley can play there. So we, we've got a bit of uh, strength in depth in that in that back line now. And obviously the, the Shadrach Ogie saga's finished, and he's come out and played and a bit nervy at times. But you can expect that from a, a lad who hasn't sort of kicked a ball in anger in a competitive fixture for a while. So it's nice for him to come on and get a feel of it as well. Is that because Sweeney was injured? Because he had a decent first half. Yeah, no, he done well. Uh, he got a bad knock on his knee, I think, Jaden. At halftime, he felt it, tried to get through it. I thought it was only fair on the lad to uh, not go through the pain barrier too much. Dean Bill, though, it was his save in stoppage time that means we're not going to the northeast on Tuesday. Yeah, I was, <laughs> getting, me, I was getting me pillow ready as that ball went across the box. I thought, oh, no, don't do that to us. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it, he's done well all season. And, uh, to be fair to the lad, he, he's hit it on target and he, he's, he's made a point-blank save and a very good save. But I thought we defended the box quite well throughout. But when you need Brillo, he, uh, he usually comes comes to the rescue. Sam Sargent didn't feature on Tuesday night in the London Senior Cup. Yeah, no, he had a sore back. He had a sore back. It, Sam being Sam, he wanted to play through the pain. Uh, but, you know, all due respect to, the, to the, that comp- competition, is you don't really want to get your number two injured even more if it's got a bad back when you've got sort of trophy and even importantly that league game's coming up. And looking ahead now to Hartlepool, news of any under injuries for that one? No, no, not the minute. Touchwood, as always, like lads sometimes sort of get home or wake up with knocks they didn't know were there, but fingers crossed we're all okay. Good luck. Thanks very much. Now he speaks so well, old Webby, but Kieran, he said in his interview there that he was reaching for his pillow for that overnight trip on Tuesday, but Dean Brill did manage to pull off that save. How pleased are you we're not having to make that old slog of a journey on Tuesday night. Yeah, no, definitely pleased. Was, uh, um, I was a bit concerned because I was started typing a message to my job show partner who I work with and I was about to say to her, any chance of a swap for Tuesday because it um, looks like I might have to go up near Scotland for the day or for the evening. And, uh, yeah, no, thankfully I didn't get to f- send the message because just as I did... Um, early put it in the net so right result and do you think as well as your job do you think it's yeah. going to help the footballers the footballers this job not having to oh yeah definitely you know, that, that overnight it's, it's a mission it's yeah a but mission. you know when it, we was discussing in the, in the ground you know are they likely to stay up there because we've got Hartlepool again away on the Saturday yeah. so like you know with them both being that so far away it would it, you know, would they have stayed up there? I don't know. Maybe sort of. I think we've used our connections at Liverpool before, haven't we? Yeah. And we've sort of trained up there and when Aston we had Villa as well. when we had Barrow and um, Fylde, I think, wasn't it? So I was wondering, you know, were they going to stay up there or something? But um, you know, hope, thankfully, none of us have got that long journey twice in a week. <laughs> Steve, question for you, if I might. Um, Richard McFadden, as we all know, played for both Blythe Spartans and, and Leighton Orient. And I'm interested to know, did you get, catch up with any of the Blythe fans and have a chat about the connections? Well, they were as uh, noisy in the supporters' clubs. They were in, in the ground, I can assure you. Like, you know, Dave Dodd tried to make an official announcement about the importance of the, uh, the game from a historical point of view. And uh, the supporters in there from Blythe were really trying to uh, shout him out, like, you know, David did calm everybody down. And uh, uh, the, the Blythe uh, fans that I spoke to, uh, most of them were very much aware of Richard McFadden's uh, contribution, not just for both the clubs, but obviously um, when the war broke out, his heroics uh, in Northern France. Uh, I was very proud that I had with me actually Richard McFadden's medals, which I've had for some time now, and I uh, kept them sort of under wraps and uh, purposely um, showed them to everyone in the supporters club yesterday. And uh, you could hear a pin drop after the initial gas flight, you know, and uh, I was then able to go around and show 
uh, supporters of both uh, teams, the, the medal was up close and there was quite a few photographs taken and I'm sure they'll remember that. And after the game, I went up into the, uh, uh, one of the coaches that were there and the directors were on board from Blythe and uh, I went through again, background of Richard McFadden. One of the directors actually had a copy of my book. They took the lead to hand to, to read on the way home. And I said to them, I said, well, look, you know, we'd love to build further links between the two clubs and uh, to perhaps on our next SOM trip, that, should you wish, you can either join us, some of, some of you that are available, or we can actually lay a reef on the club's behalf. And that went, was very well received by all on board the coach. And, and Steve, you said there about the, the Blythe Spartans fans. <laughs> they, they, were, they were noisy, to say the least. You know, I was up in the, in the Legends Lounge before the game and you could hear them, hear them coming a mile off. Um, but Linda, you're, you're a regular face in the club. It must have been a pretty special atmosphere going down in there. It, it was, it was really good. Um, it was really nice to be behind the bar pre-match for a change because um, I'll mention the raffles, I'll mention the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they had a raffle free day yesterday. And, but it was, it was a really lovely atmosphere. It was literally, they, they turned up en masse. They were loud, they were proud. Um, and it was a really, real nice buzz about the place. But I think as Tony Room said on there, they do have a lousy taste in beer. Um, there, there was a lot of Foster's sold yesterday. So, um, so you're welcome back anytime, Blythe fans, but um, bring, bring your real ale glasses this time. <laughs> on, on behalf of Phoenix 98 FM, we uh, do encourage you to drink responsibly. But, um, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Foster's. I'll beg to differ on that. My ad at the Supporters Club actually had some specially named beers on board yesterday. I, I had a question lined up for that, because um, yeah. it was ELB had the Jonas beer, was it? It was, yeah. East London Brewery Jonas Ale and there was um, Leon C Brewery do a McFadden beer which mm. is an award winning beer in itself um, and then we had Ilkley Brewery uh, do a one called Mary Jane which um, it, those that know the story uh, Mary Jane was William Jonas's wife and I was, what I was going to ask about these beers yeah. but has this been happening for a long time or is it something I've only just realised because or is this something that since the club's been in a better position that, that well, we're getting these great yeah, things coming from yeah no but as far as I'm aware I think the person at Leon C is um, Orient fan or there's an Orient fan within the brewery at Leon C and so they've obviously done this McFadden beer Mary Jane beer has been around for quite a while now I think and so mm. and it's just the fact that we've picked up on the name and we've kind of adopted it as our Mary Jane yeah um, and the Jonas beer was made specially for yesterday. Oh. Um, East London Brewery, there's a guy who's on our committee as well, Matt Chinnery, works at East London. And um, we asked him, we, su you know, we it was suggested that we have the McFadden beer on for yesterday's game. And it, it was said in, how about, you know, we get Mary Jane in as well. And then um, Steve asked if there was any way that we could, you know, see if there was a Jonas beer. And so we looked it up and there wasn't one. And Matt, come up trumps and he uh, made arrangements for they've sort of tweaked one of their own recipes and then they've renamed it Jonas well, it's the reason being obviously that William Jonas uh, was actually born in Blythe and uh, as did Mary, Mary Jane and he come down to the Orient shortly after Richard McFadden so there's a strong Blythe connection with all three names hence that's why the uh, the beers were, were produced accordingly for the game yesterday. <laughs> well, it's top, top work from there. But the, we, we fast forward 90 minutes, you know, the beer's been drunk there. <laughs> they're still merry. Um, we fast forward the 90 minutes and we were edging towards a replay. I mean, the, the fear was growing around the ground. But Les K from Twitter has been in touch. She said, do the panel think that all trophy games should be settled on the day? Because it, it did seem a bit of a strange one. What with the injuries we've got 
and the fixtures coming up that yep. we agreed to this replay. Well, when we when we played um, having gay was it in the no having gay was the senior cup game wasn't it? Who did we play in the first round of? We had uh, Beckons. Oh, Beaconsfield, Be- that's right. That's and that, the, one. the Beaconsfield game, that was agreed that it was going to be settled on the day, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, whereas I thought, you know, Blythe wouldn't want to sort of have to go through it all again as well. And we don't really want fixture congestion either because if the weather carries on as it has been for the last few days, then we're going to have weather congestion through the weather congestion through the trophy and it, it's just yeah I thought it should be done on the day really so it's just straight to penalties I, forget the extra time I'm a fan of the, the format I quite like the fact that the clubs get to make the decision between them and mm. I think Blythe chose to have the replay didn't they had it yeah, gone I that way yeah I think way. so yeah I think and they have to make the they have to be in a 100% agreement don't Re- they Wrexham uh, and Orient I think both agreed that there would be although we wanted the replay I think on that one yeah. so yeah look it's, it's a, I think it's a good format also, looking in the programme, it says that Blythe's uh, record attendance is 491 against Nantwich in September yeah, so 2018. So I'm sure that, that would have been well beaten if the O's yeah. had to go for a replay. For yeah. sure. And, and Karen, if it was on a Saturday. Yes. Yeah, but Karen, you said they're about fixture congestion. Yeah. But we look at the Orient squad, and Danny Webb said in his interview that the fringe players that did step up yesterday, he said it's, it's hard for them to, to kind of step in straight away and click straight away. Do you think there are any performances yesterday that... that made you think that they could get into that league squad on against Hartlepool? Oh, I thought Jaden Sweeney was excellent yesterday before yeah. he came off. Um, you can't can't sort of stop the boy from uh, trying, can you? I mean, he, he was just really impressive. He's he's played, I think he's played all the trophy games, hasn't he? He um, came on at uh, Wrexham. He came yeah, on at Wrexham for Marvin. Because he played, a Be- played the Beaconsfield game as well, because I remember thinking, oh, who's here? I don't recognise this one and uh, yeah he was really good and um, I thought Shadrach did well when he came on as well you know, I mean he was pushing it forward a bit wasn't he as well it's, whereas normally it, it was just nice to see somebody actually taking the ball with them and yeah. making like, nice long runs they, yeah. they did both look like very lively young prospects and Mike might get his back up here a little bit. Do you think a certain Mr. Widdison, who's, who's out of contract in the summer, might be looking over his shoulder at these two prospects coming through? Quite probably, but... Um, I hope not. Yeah, we hope not. We, we love Joe. And yeah, I love, Joe. I love Joe too. That's not me saying. <laughs> and Joe, you know we love you. Um, yeah, no, we, Joe, I'd, I'd give Joe a contract. Yeah. <laughs> not only for the fact that I like him. <laughs> Five-year deal. Five-year deal. <laughs> Give him the deeds to the club. He's 29, isn't he, Joe? And it's an interesting one, because he has had a good season. He's and had, you know, when, when you look at when he started, it was like everyone was on his back. He didn't have a great start to his late Norian career, did he? No. To be fair. But this season, he's been like, you know, like Craig Clay as well. It's like having a new player. They've both been in there giving nine out of tens, of, yeah. eight or nines out of tens every week. I think the words um, that I, I heard the other day was Mr. Consistent. Yeah. And for this season, I think he definitely has. Everybody's had their up, up and their down times. Obviously, games like the Salford game, I think quite a lot of players had an off day that day, should we say. But I'd rather them all have their off day together. Let's lose one match and then no, onwards, onwards to the next one. Yeah. Yes, and, and and looking at those youngsters, we we had a somewhat of a disappointing start to the week. And I know, Karen, you were you were there at Welling, seeing I was, yeah. seeing that. Um, I don't want to say a B team because there were some first teams in there, but there was a lot of youth in there. There was. Um, how much of a blow do you think it was to get knocked out of that competition? Um, oh, that's a t- tough one, really, because it, you know, I mean, as an Orient fan and having the season that we're having, I want to win everything. I mean, why couldn't we go for the treble? 
but it's it's not going to be that that cup doesn't involve a trip to Wembley either does it it's uh, sort of the, the final was somewhere random so it, it's going to be a blow it's going to knock a lot of them's confidence but at the same time we've got to move on haven't we and, and what Ross did say on the O show this week yeah that was a shameless plug what <laughs> Ross did say on the O show this week is that they entered this competition at the beginning of the season with a view to give their their reserve games a bit more of a competitive fixture. Do you yeah. think do you think this has been positive for the O's this season, Steve? Well, without being a distraction, certainly yes. It's one way of obviously keeping everyone involved and fit, and uh, making sure that they're up up to step up to the next level if as and when the opportunity arises. And uh, certainly, um, every game is important to a, a footballer. Whether he's a youngster or he's a seasoned professional, and they learn from every game. They learn from how the, the results have gone during the games as well, and how they can improve ongoing, uh, game by game. So it's a whole club scenario here. Whether you're one of the first first teamers on a regular basis, or a youngster trying to break through, you're all trying to achieve the same goal at the end of the day as that successful Leighton Orient. Yeah, I was, I was at the game as well. Uh, Tuesday night, ladies, we, we were at the game. Yeah, Tuesday. There. Yeah. Yeah, and. and um, uh, I must admit, I thought William were good. I thought they had. They a were very good. Their number ten was excellent. I'm a big fan of, of being in these competitions. I think they're more competitive than, than reserve games. Oh yeah. So, yeah. and we got to see. I like them because you get to see some of the fruit like fringe players. Yeah. And uh, again, Sweeney, I thought had a good game. Yeah. I thought, I thought overall we were disappointing. Yeah. We were a lot of square passes. I was going to say the weather didn't really help either, oh, did it? It was night. atrocious, wasn't it? It was certainly um, a cold night. But I thought my man had a match until he got his injury. Was that young Mason Hall sitting in the centre? Half. I who's thought the it was. Who came on? Who, who's the substitute who came on? I thought we had oh, a good. good yeah. uh, Ma- 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 Don't look at me. I wasn't there. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, no, I work on a Tuesday. I was going to say. I think it was something like McClellan and yeah, or someone. I thought wasn't he, it? he was positive when he came on. He, yeah. He got the ball down and played, and, and I'm personally disappointed we're out of it. Like you, yeah. I, I want us to see whatever we game. Yeah. But mm, we're still in the, the trophy. I was going to so. say it's it's a very similar team to the team that played in the trophy. So it was a nice sort of warm-up for them on Tuesday, nice warm-up for Saturday's game. But at the same time, some of the more fringe players like young McLennan or whoever it was. Sorry, I don't know your name. And then, um, yeah, it was nice for them to sort of have a chance as well. well. That was their strongest side. They, they put out so I think they gave us a, a good test yeah, and I think tests like that are important as the season certainly if players aren't getting in the first 11 which not in one can be in the first 11 so that's it and because as well you can only have um, five subs on in our league as well yeah. that doesn't help that sort of means people get less chances of getting in don't they? And, and one substitute who, who did have or who, or who played at Welling and he came on as a sub on Saturday, the youngster Ruel Satirio. Danny Webb said he looked sharp when he came on and he got himself a goal at Welling quite late on he and did, he could have yeah. snatched an equaliser as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, no, he did um, They, uh, he did do well when he came on at Welling, didn't he? He took the goal well on. Yeah, he took the goal well and um, he, he, he excites me again. He's another player I enjoy watching and, and I think he's got a bright future, that lad. I was going to say, it's nice, nice to have him in reserves there, isn't it? You know, in, in the, he got a free kick as well, didn't he? Yes. Yesterday. Yeah. He went, he went down. Yes. Free kick, so which we ultimately scored scored from. So, well, Alabi and Harold kind of haven't really found their shooting boots in in recent games. Do you think Satiri is looking at this squad and thinking, I can, oh, I, I can get myself in there. Yeah. I can I can get some goals. Yeah, especially with Karoma injured. You know what? 
doesn't hurt, does it? You know, I mean, you've got to give the lad a chance at some stage. And uh, if we're doing well, and you know, if we hopefully get a bit of a gap going on at the top of this ta- uh, top of the table, then um, you know, why not give him a chance? You know, I mean, he's. Uh... And, and looking at the strike force, though, he's one of my favourite characters around the training ground, James Alabi. But what is going in wrong, or what isn't going right for him at the moment? Don't yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I think there, there was a lot of frustration yesterday where we just seemed to be dancing around in front of the goal and it's just like, come on, what 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 is it that we're lacking in there? Is it yeah, is it confidence? Is it that you know people are or that the, the players are too scared? Not scared to have a go, but it's almost like they seem to want to walk it into the net. It's like, come on, let, let, let's get a bit of excitement going there, because then the fans will get behind it, that will pick up. Because it was noted how quiet it was yesterday as well. I mean, I know the Blythe fans were extremely noisy and it was lovely to, to hear them. But, you know, if you get more excitement going on the pitch, then that'll get the fans going and it's, it's reciprocal, isn't it? So, you know, get your shooting boots on, guys. Mm. Why, why do you think that, that we did? We had 1,500 Orient fans at the game yesterday and it's not a bad turnout for a trophy game, but you compare it to our league attendances. Do you think these fans are missing out, Steve? Well, I missed out on uh, a win yesterday for the O's, obviously those that weren't there, but it's all in mindset as well, like, you know, and uh, everyone's focusing on promotion. The fact that we're only now two games away from Wembley, uh, the next game, if we're drawn at home, you might see a big change on the attendance, like, you know. But don't forget yesterday, yesterday was a very big game for Blythe Spartans. They had every right to be noisy and loud and proud and excitable. You have to see it from both sides. There's Orient, you know, um, it's, it's perhaps... Uh, a week away from the pressures and excitement of league football mm. and then maybe the focus of the FA Trophy just isn't there at the moment for a team that's historically not generally been involved in these sort of these, these matches we want to get back in the football league that's what we're focusing on the club wants to do well in the trophy but for supporters point of view it's the football league or nothing I think at the moment yeah. and the trophy is the icing on the cake well not the icing on the cake a side, a side benefit of a good season and, and you said their supporters might be turning up in, in their thousands if we do have a trip to Wembley on the cards <laughs> oh yeah <coughs> pardon me but what I'm interested in as well is how much you think the teams could change do you, do you stick with this, this trophy side that's done well won games progressed us through or do we look to our Macaulay Bonds or Joby McEnough and say, well, listen, the, this game means a little bit more now? What, 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 what direction have, would you go with it, Maybe Karen? put them on the bench or something. And then if, you know, you've got to... St- I think you've got to reward the guys that have got you there mm. and let them have the day at Wembley. They've done, they've done everything that they can to get them their day out at Wembley. Why take it away from them when they, you know, right at the last minute? It, that's not fair. So, yeah, I'd say maybe put them on the bench. And also who's available up and if we get to the final. Some players might be a little bit uh, uh, carrying a few knocks or something and things like that, yeah. you know. So you won't want to risk them, even at Wembley. Because I say, number one priority is the Football League. Um, it is, it is. Um, now, <clears throat> the, the centre-back pairing that started yesterday, I had a... I want to pick your brains about a little bit because Jamie Turley's receiving heaps of praise. Awesome. Uh, he, he, awesome? Is that the one word? He's, yeah. he's, receiving, he's receiving heaps and heaps of praise. How key do you think this man could be to our um, to our second half of the season? Well, he's a great fit to the team, isn't it? Or to the squad even, isn't he? Because, you know, they've, they've, the club have said that they're not just going to get anyone. They're going to get people that fit. And, they, you know, they're quite specific with what they wanted. And uh, he's come in and he, he's been great. You know, Maguire Drew's the same. You know, I mean, they've both come in. Yesterday, I did the star man vote in the football in the supporters club, and um, 
Turley won the star man and Maguire Drew was runner-up. So without them, you know, if we hadn't signed them in January, where would we have been? Yeah, I think we've done good business so, in the transfer window. I think yeah, the club fantastic. could be pleased with, yeah, with the two. I think they've, they've come in well, they've settled in well, and, and they're playing with a confidence of a, a player that's been there for for months and months. So I think that that, that can only be good for the team um, and pick right. And if it if it makes some of the players who have been there a little bit longer, as you mentioned earlier, Ollie, about you know, looking over your shoulder, then, then so be it. If that, I've been those fan what, for four, oh, so 1969-70, and I can never recall the Orient having, you know, potentially four central defenders equally as good as each other than come in and do a job. You know, so it's great to have the strength we have at the moment. Not looking for any injuries to occur all of a sudden, you know, because we have obviously the two other lads still recovering but it, it looks really good it looks good now and it looks good for the future Happy's done really well when he's he had has. to step in hasn't he you know, I think he's conceded five goals in 550 minutes of football which is, is rather impressive Wow Did you nick that stat off a of match? No I nicked it off the official <laughs> I nicked it off the official club Twitter um, But I've got Go on Darren I'm quite interested to see what everyone's thoughts are on uh, the Joe Simpson um, because I noticed um, I don't know if everyone else noticed he didn't get a club or doesn't appear to have signed, and he's still a free agent, so we could sign him any time. We heard Whis- a rumour yeah, yesterday. Whis- yeah, whispers yesterday were that he's signed for Salford. Okay. I certainly don't think Jay would would go to a team at the same level. Would you like Steve? Would you? Would you? Is he a fan? He's a fan of Jay Simpson. We got to remember what happened when the uh, previous regime were here. I'm not going to say anything more than that. That uh, Russell Slade was given so much money to go out and get new players, and it split the dressing room. You know, you got to have a steady number financially as well as the style and quality of player. And uh, within a short space of time, the Orient dressing room was split apart. You could argue that, Steve, but you, could you yeah. say that, well, Alabi has the character that fits the dressing room, but he's not getting goals? So what's, what's the balance that you need there? I what's know, but I know. But you can imagine getting uh, Jay Simpson, it must be one hell of a no- negotiation to get him here on compared mm-hmm. to the salary that he was on or what he's expecting. And, um, you know, I, I, like all of us, we're very proud and pleased the way the teams perform generally throughout the season. Top of the league, three points clear. These boys have worked hard to get where they are, you know? Yeah. And someone coming overnight, no matter what his reputation is, you know, if, if word gets around on what sort of package he's on and it's totally out of uh, kinder with the rest of them, that's not going to be good. I don't think that'll happen personally under the new regime. I, 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 I quite agree with you. That's the last thing we want to see happen. That a, a big character comes in and starts shouting about how much money he's on. Not that I'm saying Jay would do that, by the way. Yeah. But no, good point Steve's making there. We want uh, a forward that can score us goals because Cromer is out injured and yeah. he, he is available. Uh, and do you not think do you not think Justin Edinburgh could could cope with bringing in a big character? He's got the management skills to deal with that, hasn't he, Linda? Um, I think he has. Judging by you know obviously what you you, you see and hear in in the well, I say in the media you know, and the, the interviews that he does, I think he's more than got the skills to do it from there. But also thinking about it from from a fan's point of view is that okay yeah Jay Jay was great when he was here yeah. absolutely brilliant. 
when he comes back, is he still the same player? Or are we living in, you know, a, a little bit of, um, you know, 2020, no, sorry, not 20, you know, hindsight yeah. is a great thing. He was great then. Would he be great again? And he's never played in this league before, has he? Exactly. That, and, it's, and it's almost getting like to the Dean Cox level of rumours. You know, every time, like, oh, what, why don't they sign Dean Cox? You know, Dean Cox is the answer to all our problems. You know, and again, I love Dean when he was here and, you know, I wish him every luck in what he's doing. But if he comes back again, would it still be on the same levels? You know, they were their time. Great. Let, let's move on. We've got, we've got our new players coming through now through our youth ranks. Bring them on. Um, that's that's a. I'm with you on that one, Linda. I mean, Dean Cox is playing at Eastbourne for a reason. With, mm. with all due respect, I think he's he's at that level for a reason. And whilst he's, I think he's done having quite a good season there. I, I think we should put that one to bed. I really, yeah. I really think we, we've got to move on. Jay, I'm slightly more um, optimistic that could do a good job for us at uh, a national league level. But, like we said, if Salford are in there with the money, then, uh, OK, yeah. maybe. maybe there's there's been right. a few whispers on Twitter and on the uh, on the message board. If we are looking at other strikers, you know, young, slightly younger people, Ebsfleet are uh, finding themselves in a spot of trouble at the moment. Is there anyone that you'd uh, you'd pick from the squad, Kerem? Oh, what, from the Ebsfleet squad? Yeah. <laughs> there's a, the number 10, what's his name? Corey something, isn't it? Is oh, it? Whiteley. Corey Whiteley, yeah, maybe, but no, I'd, don't want to ruffle any feathers. Stick no. with what we've got. And I, uh, like you say, you know, Simpson's training with the guys. You know, that, that's that's no secret, mm. is it? You know, people have known that for a while. So Simpson's training with them. He's obviously, you know, got some fits in, you know, personality-wise and everything else with them. But, um, you know, just let's see what happens, you know. Yeah. Why do we have to keep speculating about this sort of thing? If the guy's going to sign, he's going to sign. And maybe the speculation might be, What's putting him off? Well, we keep speculating because it's good chat for radio. <laughs> um, the O's managed to get through the, the transfer window unscathed, or, well, it was the transfer window for majority of English leagues. And the O's managed to get themselves through unscathed. You know, there was big reports of £300,000 coming in from Sunderland for Josh Caroma. How much of a statement of intent is this from, from Teague and Travis to not, to not take that money, Steve? They promised early on um, Nigel and Kent that they were really going to uh, obviously on a project here more than one year more than one season like to build this club and you need to put your bricks and mortar in place and they want they want to sell their best players you know unless it was a dramatic financial incentive and I can't see 300,000 for Karama being a, a dramatic uh, incentive to sell him you know uh, let's let's See what we what the lads can achieve this season on their CVs promotion that'll have a lot of money to the not only to the club but obviously to their own, their own stance for their own deals that they can negotiate. A League Two player is going to be more valuable than a than a Precisely. conference National League player, isn't he? I was reading in the um, not, I think it was a non-league paper today. I think I saw it um, that um, some undisclosed former Premier League club had come in also for Danny Rowe and they'd offered something like fifty thousand pounds. Like you know the guys consistently one of the best scorers in the division and it's like £50,000. I read that, I read that and uh, I mean Danny Rowe's 29, Josh Caroma's 20. Yeah. Um, but it's the riser, isn't it? And it is. And it's an insult to, to the league that we're... That but I know there's a man, you know, but the difference between 50000 and 300000 like I know there's nine years difference but I think that's, I, I you think, know, I they're think, both... Do you think there's a certain amount of disrespect shown towards kind of 
the I players in these leagues think, from the leagues above. I was going to say, I think they just think, oh, non-league, yeah, you know, we'll be able to buy them, you know, get them on the cheap. But isn't, you know, that's not going to be the case at Orient. We've stuck our ground and, you know, none of our players are for sale. I, I, I'm, with Steve, fair play, Nigel and, and Kent, they've, they've said that they're not going to... They don't appear to be the kind of guys, do they, that, that they're going to have... Uh, take take money off them easily. They, no. they they look to me like a couple of guys that will always get a good good deal for the club. They didn't get where they are. No, no. And, and um, Karoma, yeah. uh, I agree again. I think I think he's, he can have promotion on his CV, as Steve said. Yeah, and we could be a League Two player next season, as Ollie said. So, and, and he's injured. So, yeah. but three hundred grand, I think, was probably half of what I'd value him at. But then also, yeah. he, go, he goes up to the higher league clubs, you know, or the players that do go up there, how much match time are they realistically going to get? So wouldn't, from a player's point of view, wouldn't you rather be a, we'll say, a big fish in a little pond, or, or are you going to go up to Huddersfield or wherever as it was, it was interested and, you know, you'd be lucky to get a place in the reserves? And, and he's adored by Orient fans, exactly. you know. Yeah. And you look at Sam Dolby, you know, I mean, he went to Leeds, didn't he? He's been loaned out again. To Morecambe, yeah, is it? Yeah, I was going to say Morecambe or somewhere. Yeah, and well, Abraham's has been loaned out. Yeovil. You know, they've all, so they've they're, all they're, gone they're to these... They're themselves at similar levels. That's so. it, they've all gone to these big clubs on their, you know, they're making money deals, but they're getting loaned out and still coming coming down to the, our divisions. Well, this is so. where the uh, the agents come into it, isn't it? Mm. You know, bending the players' ears like, or, or not, not communicating with the football clubs in question or, or having um, an open discussion where there's things behind the scenes that either party's not not aware of, like, you know. So uh, uh, is there such a thing as a decent agent? I don't know. But a respected <laughs> agent, perhaps through the players, you know, they need to really um, take a step back themselves away from the agent and think about themselves personally a bit more rather than the agent and what he's going to make out of it for himself as well, you know added reason why he's trying to get the deal through so the agent can get the extra money, you know, so... But it's like Bond, wasn't it? You know, Bond turned around and he All said he, he wanted to reward the, reward the club or reward the fans for their loyalty. Yeah. And it was nice that, to see he is loyal as that. Uh, another shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> I did speak to him this week on the O Show and he, he spoke so openly and so honestly about the club and I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen it. I have but seen he, it, yeah. he, he seemed as though he kind of genuinely loved what he was talking about. Do you think, yes, do you think, that, think that's helping to reward his form? That's it. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're happy somewhere, why change it? You know, it's like, it's like moving house, isn't it? Why are you going to sell your house if you're happy with the area you're living and your neighbours? You know what I have, I, so. I, I think uh, McCauley's uh, also played out quite wide for Colchester, didn't he? He didn't play in his natural position. No. And I think um, we've used him in his natural position. Hence, he's got the goals he's got. And I, th I think, again... I think a lot of the younger players now, they want to stay fairly local, uh, a, lot of, a lot of them. I think certainly moving around, like you say, and living in digs, it's not for everybody. Not everyone's character can cope with it. It's character yeah. building. And uh, I think certainly getting people that, that can afford to live in London has been a challenge in the past, but not so much of a challenge for us, I think, hopefully these days. So I think players like Macaulay Bond are, are going to move on, let's be honest. We're going to get... Yeah, good money for him. Do you do you think? But let us have the best years of him. Yes, that would be nice. But do you think it's now a case though, with all this speculation in the, in the January transfer window that comes summer, say we you know Touchwood don't or don't do get promotion Touchwood. <laughs> say we don't. Do you think it's then a case of 
Karoma, Bond, they've got their offers in the Football League? Well, no, I don't think so. I'd like to think that they'd uh, stay and have another crack at the nut. Another mm. good nut to crack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we did have one departure um, on, on deadline day. It wasn't so much as a transfer out, more as a... Uh, I'll quote... Um, he left the club by mutual, mutual consent. consent. Yeah, it's it's a funny old situation that he found himself in. Lots of speculation and and whatnot. But what what do you make of it? How it's now finally been put to bed? I just think it's very sad that it had to end on such a sour note. Um, George has done a lot for Leighton Orient. He came in when we needed um, players to resurrect our club, and he's done a great job. And uh, I'd just like to wish George all the very best. Yeah, so I'll back up to that. And it was nice to see in the official statement that he's welcome back at the Braille Group any time. So that, that was really nice to see it from there because aside from what he's done on the pitch, I'll see off the pitch, he does a lot for like engaging with the fans, around bringing people together. I know he's, he's very good up with his motivational stuff yeah. from there. Um, and a, a huge character to to lose. Because he, he was one of the first in the door after the takeover, really, and one of these big names. So... He, we've got a lot to thank him for, don't we? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I said, you know, he was there to help us rebuild our club and uh, it's just a shame that it ended the way it ended. It's good, good to see that he's always welcome back, though. Um, but, Steve, do you think it's almost a risk letting him just leave when you've got Josh Coulson out, you've got Marvin Petita out, you've got a young, some would say, inexperienced Dan Happy? Do you think it was a risk letting him leave? I don't think that came into it. Something happened, obviously, that we're not party to within the club that didn't meet the club's standards. And uh, I think a lot of it may have come out of George's frustration that he hasn't had a, a real a steady season. He had all sorts of problems with injuries and that. Have a, you know, a few games and he's out and he's trying, struggling to get back in again or try and gain his fitness. And he's always perhaps a pace or, or so behind those that have taken his place. And uh, you can't fault what he's done off the pitch, but... You know, um, on the pitch, he's, he's struggled, and I think that's led a lot of it to the frustration. It might have all boiled up in recent weeks, causing this situation to occur. But I think Turley's going to be a great um, replacement for him. Anyway. He, he's younger. He's and he's, he's obviously proven that he's, uh, he's worth whatever it is we paid for him to come in anyway already. <laughs> Do you, do you think that now the Shadrick Ogie situation's resolved as well? That that's sort of played a part in perhaps Justin's thinking with with Big George. Oh, because if so, that would be kind of a big nod towards Shadrack, wouldn't it? Saying, "Well, look, we're letting Ella Kobe go, but we've got you." That would be a big old yeah. Nod no, to the the Shadrack thing dragged on for quite a while, hadn't it? You know, when we see him play in pre-season, and it's. That's like, you know, it's like having a new signing, even though he's been around all the time. He looked really, he's, I thought, again, he impressed me yesterday. He looked like yeah. quite a big unit. Steve, what did you think of Shadrach when he came on? Oh, well, I haven't seen much of him, but it's certainly, apart from a few times, a little bit of nerves crept in. He was being closed down quite early on, as soon as he came onto the, the pitch, which is often the case when a youngster comes on in a, in a key position, at fullback there. But as the game went on, he grew into stature and, uh, yeah... Uh, I think between now and the end of the season, he's going to get a few more opportunities and obviously a, a full close season to, to get on board even more so, like, you know, and plans for next season, whatever division we're in. But that would be his um, first competitive game in a while anyway, wouldn't it? Because he's, not, he's only been able to play in friendlies. He, yeah, he wasn't even allowed and to play in youth games. That's right. So he wasn't even allowed to play in any sort of official game. So for him to have a competitive game, come on and do what he did, I thought it was, you know, great cover. Did he pick up a booking yesterday? Am I dreaming? No, I don't. I think, I think he... 
Oh, he yeah. picked up a booking, but uh, shows passion, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of um, uh, speculation, again, around who should start in goal, Linda. We, we had, obviously, the choice of, of uh, Dean Brill. Justin seems to want to play him every game. Mm. Do you think it's a bit hard on, on tough on the other lads, or what's your views on that? Um, yeah, I think it is it's hard on them. Um, obviously... When, when you you need backup for, for positions, I get that. And while Dean is playing as great as he is, you know, let's use him. Um, but then you look at the likes of Sam, who's behind, who, you know, I'm, I th- think Sam's done really, really well for us. I think he's been a great servant to the club. But it's it's got to be very hard for him just sitting there, you know, how do, how do they keep his motivation going? How do they keep him engaged when, you know, realistically... When, when's he going to get a next competitive game? And on, on the topic of keepers, how did Janata uh, look on, on say, Tuesday Ginata night? Janata was really good on Tuesday. Made some cracking save. Made a great save with his legs, didn't he? When he sort of he went down and uh, he sort of flicked it. Yeah, he, he impressed me. He, he had a good game Tuesday. Yeah, and I'm, I'm being um, picked up as well that it's pronounced Oggy. Oggy. So I think what we've got to do is got to, we've got to find a player called Oi Oi Oi. <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty. Um, <laughs> And so, so Janata impressed you on Tuesday night, Karen. He did, yeah. Um, and who, who played in the right back position on, on Tuesday night? It was Miles Judd, wasn't it? Who also started yes. in the trophy game. Yeah. How impressed have you been with him as well? Because now we've got two young, hot prospects in, in Samling and Miles Judd. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts um, on them too? I think it's I think the decision to put Judd ahead of Ling is the right decision. Um, you think Judd in front of Ling? Yes. Okay. Um, because there was the time, wasn't there, for a while when um, Sam was injured and then he came back probably a bit quicker than he should have done. When Judd... When Judd was... Was um, injured su- as well, or yeah. suspended, yeah. Well, he was suspended, I think, wasn't he? And so, yeah, I, th- um, I do think that that's the right decision, but then as... What do we know? You know, <laughs> so. it's true. I, I mean, I don't see them week in, week out in the training ground, but they look pretty evenly matched. It must be a fierce competition there. Do you think, Darren? I, I thought so. Yeah, I think that, I agree with you. I think it's a quite a, uh, an interesting conundrum the manager's got there because I think both bring different things to their game, don't they? I think Judd, for me, slightly more aggressive in his play. I think uh, Ling's long throw. Is a, is a weapon that, that he can be used. So yeah, I, th- I think it's one we're all watching as fans with with excitement. Who, who's he gonna? I was gonna say, but isn't it a lovely problem to have. It is. It is. And I was I was gonna say, could, do you think you could fit the two of them in the same team? Because back looking back at Sam's days of playing youth at Leighton Orient, I remember a lot of reserve games where he'd play centre back. Yeah. Do you think there's any formation, any system that we could get both Judd and Ling in the same, or is it say, incomprehensible? Well, when you when you've got six six defenders playing well, fighting for four spots. It's like you can't get a square peg in a round hole, can you? No. So some something's got to give, and so um, but no, they've they've all done well. All the defence, hence the massive goal difference that we've got. If if, if I could change uh, away from the game a bit and and just really want to pick up with Steve and ask Steve, um, is there another song trip planned, Steve? I I've got a confession, I've not been on it. And <gasps> I know, Love I know. Oh. And, uh, Gasps all around the studio. I, 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 I feel my, my shame is, is uh, coming out now. But Steve, you know, I think it's great what you've done with putting these trips on and the, and the sports club. So uh, can you give us an update on that, Steve? Uh, yes, I intend to do another SOM trip. But having done seven since 2006, includes one trip to Ypres in Belgium as well. Um, I feel that I need a bit of a break and my wife. Cause I've both got full-time jobs, you know, and, and to take... 200 people over you know, on a trip, four coaches, 
with a couple of the well, a couple of the stewards alongside me here in the studio tonight. You know, it's a major undertaking. I don't mind saying that. We've taken over 1,600 people over in that time, most of whom would never have gone to the battlefields if it wasn't the fact that I managed to get the story out in the book and obviously then in the play and, and things like that. Um, so, yes, there will be another Somme trip. I envisage it being in 2021, which sounds a long, long way away. But when I you know, organise these things, I'll be looking to start taking bookings perhaps this time next year onwards, like, you know. So it will soon come round again, but I'm happy that I'm able to do a few emails during the evening and go to bed at a decent time rather than, you know, stay up until well past midnight and then get up at quarter to six the next morning. So, you know, I'm happy with the break. The excitement and the intensity of people still asking about this, you've just said that, that you haven't been on the trip yet and so many people at the club say, love to come, haven't been on one yet, when's the next one, means that the potential is there as well. And also behind the scenes, Peter Kitchen and myself, we're looking to build close links with Heart Midlothian. Those of you who know your history, Hearts did a very similar thing to Orient in the Great War. They beat us by about three weeks by their players signing up into their local regiment. And uh, so they've got a similar pedigree to us. And we're going over in the summer uh, as a smaller group with Peter's friends and myself included. We've been invited by an organisation called the, the McRae's Battalion Trust, who organised the uh, commemorations for Hearts. Rafe Rovers, Hibernian and Fulker, etc. So we're going over there for a, a ceremony at their memorial, 16th Royal Scots, at a place called Contour Mazon, near Delville Wood. And at the same time, we'll be going across the Fleur so that we can then do uh, a little commemoration at the Orient Memorial, um, building up the ties really close. So in a few years' time, who knows where this may end. So many supporters would love to have a friendly against Hart Midlothian as well, but that's way out of the line at the moment. We've got other things involved to push forward. But there you go. Now, Steve, um, <clears throat> we haven't actually chatted about this off air, but with this sum trip in mind, could there be a potential Orient Hour abroad in the, in the sum trip, getting a nice podcast special going? Well, if it's financially viable, I'm happy to consider it. <laughs> you, you heard that first, uh, uh, Mr. Teague and Travis. And now they get, we know that the supporters, one of whom is here, has been over to Lorient in France, which oh, yes, sells yeah. the name, <laughs> shares the name Orient, you know, El Orient. Right. And uh, I, I remember when David Beckham was rumoured to sign for him, and everyone oh, yeah. thought he was coming home. When, when was that then? Uh, my, my invite, Kerry Musk, got lost in the post. Oh, so, oh, 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 I'm, I'm not sure if I knew then. That was that was quite a while ago. It's sort of about 10, 12 years ago, I think. And what was the ground so, like, uh, Kerry? Uh, it was quite, you know, I mean, we got to meet the president um, and I took a, I'd, I'd already sort of, I'd spoke, Matt Porter was in charge at, or in, at the time and I'd got in touch with him and let him know that we were, there's a group of us going. There was about 10 of us, I think. And um, he gave me a signed shirt, which I was able to meet the president and present to the president. So um, I did. I had um, built some great links there, but unfortunately the president was that voted out and uh, the guy that I was in contact with over there has moved on. But yeah, no, it was good. I've got a nice photograph of Dave Staplehurst with because uh, their um, mascot is like a, a goldfish. Fish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's an orange fish, and uh, I got a nice photograph because we got a stadium tour and everything included, and um, yeah, nice picture of Mr. Staplehurst with his fish on his head. <laughs> well, I actually spent one whole season on their forum, providing them with the Orient score each week, like so I kept them up to date what was going on in London at the time. Um, so we was really trying to do our bit, but it hasn't really progressed further, but it's nice. I'm sure they are aware of, of us almost as much as what we are of them. They were obviously a League One side in France for a number of seasons. Yes. Fun, sorry, just to interrupt there. The funny thing was, was that we went along with all our red late Orient tops on, and it turned out that they were playing um, Lille, and they... Um, 
thing is um, LOSC, and because we've got LOFC over all our stuff, yeah. uh, we ended up buying a load of shirts so that we could actually fit in. Great, great stuff. I definitely want to do that some trip one day. Um, but we, we travel a little less far, probably not as much difference as we might think. But we're travelling to Hartlepool on Saturday. Um, there's some free coaches going on from Dream Team. Are they still up for grabs, Kerem? Yes, I think there's four coaches going. Yeah, yeah we, we've just we just um, opened up coach number four now for Mayor. Um, I'll be I'll be carrying on my stewarding, Steve. You'll be pleased to hear I'm stewarding <laughs> that coach. So yeah, seven o'clock start on on Saturday. So yeah, get, get in touch. Um, I believe the number is on the website. I think Kevin's just going to look the number up now because I don't know it. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's still places available. So yeah, come if, join. If you're interested on going on the Dream Team coach um, to Hartlepool, then give Malcolm a call on 07722 135970 that's 07722 135970 that's door to door service to uh, to what's going to be a great game and it's free so do make sure you uh, mm. you get booked up there I was going to say I'm going to put you all on the spot now so um, can we have your player of the season so far from each of you please oh I'm happy to start off if you want, straight up. No, I'll, go, I'll go in. Joby okay. McEnough, I'm putting oh, it out Joby, there. Yeah. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> I was going to say, Joby's got to be a strong contender, hasn't he? Even though that he's, uh, you know, he's been out injured for, with his toe. Joby's got to be a strong contender. Joe. Dean Brill is, is, yeah, is, is a, another Mr. Consistent. So if we look at the star man votes you're getting from the supporters club, um, obviously with, without pushing, you know, without, without preempting what's going to be happening um, on the 28th of April, I believe it is, um, Sunday night. Again, since we, we plug in stuff here, I'll, I'll plug that as well. Star Man Awards yep. um, at the Prince Regent. If you're interested, it's £50 a ticket. And if you just email through to David at LOSC, L-O-S-C info at AOL.com. Um, but yeah, Dean Brill for me. Yeah. Obviously, we've we've uh, we mentioned Joby McEnough, but uh, Macaulay Bond, you know, maybe he doesn't get around so much. A lot of hard working that's not seen by a lot of fans, but his goal scoring record speaks enough. But isn't it nice to have a, a selection? It is. It's, it's hard so to pick. It is. You know, like when I go and take the star man votes after a game, it's a. Uh, you know, it is, it's lovely when you can, every player can get a vote. You know, you've got flair players, every team's got flair players, but it's nice that some of them are like, they're consistent and they're all consistently under the radar, a lot of them as well. Now, before we do wrap up, I've got one more plug to get in. It's a hat trick of plugs tonight. <laughs> Lee Deering from the Leighton Orient Supporters Club has been in touch and he's asked me to remind the Orient fans about the Supporters Club quiz that's taking place on Sunday the 4th of April at the Supporters Club. Now, I went to the last one and if you haven't been before, it is a fantastic evening. But if you go, do watch out for the staff team because um, <laughs> there's a certain Martin Ling and Steve Foster doing... I've got this in... Uh, inverted commas here transfer business on their mobile phones but if you think what you've got to uh, if you think you've got what it takes to beat Myling and Steve Foster on their phones get in touch with Lee Deering on Twitter at gorillas1985 or email lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk or simply speak to him at the supporters club it is it starts at 6pm sharp it's £8 per head and it's maximum teams of 8 people Food is included in the price, as well as top top beer, as we've already spoken about today. So make sure you're there. Also, I've got one other plug as well, that Martin <laughs> Rolfe and myself in the Supporters Club, we're looking to arrange a reunion for all those lads that have played for the various and numerous supporters teams over the past 
decades, let's say how many decades, we're going way back and uh, we're just gathering names and information so any of you listeners out there that have played for the O's supporters, the O's vets, the O's Plessy, the O's Cavaliers and so on and so on, love to have you and meet up with you in the supporters club so we can discuss further. And they can find you in the supporters yeah, club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or just even contact the supporters club via the website and the details will get through to us. And lastly, your predictions for Harley Pool. Let's hear them. Nil, nil. No, no, oh, God, Karen, no, man, get out. No, no, no. We're going to go all that way. I'm not doing it. For no goals. Um, I'll go with 3 2, Orient. That's a lot of goals. Who do you think is scoring them? Oh. Put you on the spot there. Joe, please. Joe, who? Joe, Joe Widowson. <laughs> please, we need, a, we need a goal, Joe. Um, you know, we've, we've got a night out planned on it. So come on, Joe, score that goal Karen for me. Karen just wants to cuddle with him when he scores. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. And Steve, your well, prediction? I, I hate giving predictions. I just normally say have positive results. So if we're 2 0 down with three minutes to go and get a 2 0 draw, that's great. That would be but, good. You know, and this thing's all right, 2 0 to the O's. And Darren? I'll go 1-0 or in. Oh, I'll take that, I'll take that. Now, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you to Karen, Linda and Steve for coming in tonight. Also, a big thank you to Paul and Nigel at Phoenix FM and to Elliot Byrne at Leighton Orient. Make sure you catch us next week at the same time, at the same place. Up the O's. Up the O's.